This is episode 511 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Technical Advice, How Much Power Do You Need? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the Hydro Blue VersaFlow water filter. Now, the VersaFlow is one of the most versatile water filters currently made. Not only can you use it for your personal water filter needs, but you can use it to create a family-sized water filter. Now, with the possibility of filtering up to 100,000 gallons, the VersaFlow could filter one gallon of water for each family member for many, many years. Now, to make it easy for you, I've created a free video and PDF tutorial that shows you how to easily turn the VersaFlow into a family-sized water filter. Right now, you can have this family-sized water filter for under $25. To watch the video, get the free PDF tutorial, and a code for 20% off of the VersaFlow, click the link in the show notes or visit PrepperWebsite.com forward slash VersaFlow. So guys, as we kick off our week of podcast episodes, I, I wanted to share an update to, I guess, a, a past review. A couple of weeks ago, I read a review from Thug Life. He did do an update to his to his review, and he says, uh, LOL, I love that you read my review on the podcast despite the negative comments I made. I still listen to the articles that intrigue me, and this is definitely one of the better podcasts for preppers. So he had initially said that uh, you know the articles that on emergency preparedness that I read are pretty good, but he skips the one that I talk talk about you know e- evil liberals and immigrants and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, so he did an update to that, so I appreciate it. And uh, you know he upped the uh, the stars, so from three stars you went back up to four stars, so that's cool. Uh, anyway, so guys, if you find value in the podcast, I do appreciate any reviews that you do, uh, especially the four and five star reviews, because that lets people know that it's a valuable podcast and they want to listen to it. So uh, again, I thank you so much for doing those reviews on iTunes or Stitcher or any other podcast network that you're listening to the podcast on. All right. So also last week, I received a couple of comments, but one on especially from episode 510, from Chip and I'm sorry, episode 508 from Chip. And that was the one on when we're talking about evacuating. And he said, very good episode. I learned something, sometimes several things in every article that you read. I haven't thought about the ATMs working, but being out of money, duh. So a lot of the times, especially those of us that are in preparedness and we've been prepping for a while, you know, we tend to think about we, we always tend to think about the big one, like being an EMP, not the big one being maybe like an economic collapse or a bank holiday or something along those lines. You know that the idea of the ATMs being operational, just not having any money really comes from, or at least that thought in my mind comes from reading things about Venezuela, reading things about Argentina and Greece and things like that. When you know, people tried to get their money out of the bank and they could only or they were only limited to a certain amount of money. You know, right now you can go and I think maybe I don't use ATM machines, but I think you can do like 200 or 250 dollars or something like that if you had that money in your bank. 
but you know they were very limited to how much money they could take out so you know that's always that possibility when you're you know when you're thinking about hey i'm going to stop by the atm machine i'm going to get grab some money it could be completely out of money so anyway thanks chip for leaving that uh that comment on episode 508 all right so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast it comes to us from theorganicprepper.com and again the title is technical advice how much power do you need and uh, it's written by J.G. Martinez, right? So uh, he was, I think, formerly in Venezuela. We're talking th- about that again. And uh, I believe he's made it out. He and his family have made it out. And so Daisy has shared articles uh, that he has written. And, of course, I think English is a second language. So sometimes uh, there is some, you know, some grammatical things there. I try to read them exactly or the article exactly as it is uh, written here just to kind of keep that that understanding. But he's talking about power and maybe one of the mistakes that he made and uh, you know just giving a little bit of advice. It doesn't go too deep into it, but I do want to talk a little bit more about this subject after I finish reading it. And it's funny that uh, I'm get, as I'm getting ready to read this, uh, you know, I do this, I do the, the podcast the night before. So for the Monday podcast, I'm doing this on Sunday night. Well, today at church, one of my church members was talking to me about uh, waking up in the morning and not having electricity. And when they finally, they called, they said, oh no, this was going to be, uh, you know, this is something that has been planned and we sent out emails and, and they were like, we never got emails. We, we would have, you know, registered the fact that we weren't going to have power for this day if, if we would have received that email. But, you know, I was talking to her about like, what do you have available? Do you have lanterns? Do you have, you know, powerful flashlights, candles? What do you have, you know, along those lines to help power, you know, just having lights? Because, you know, she was telling me that she was getting ready completely in the dark because she doesn't have a lot of windows in her home. And so having power um, for whatever reason, you know, there's so many different reasons, but even something as a planned electrical outage, maybe they were doing something at the substation or whatever, you know, doing something like that, you, you want to have power. It just makes life so much easier. So let's go ahead and jump in, like I said, to this article at the end. I want to share a couple of ideas and uh, hopefully you'll find it valuable. So let's go ahead and start. Technical advice, how much power do you need? I will use my own experience as a general guide so you can do your own version. After having struggled with all kinds of equipment my entire life, ranging from farming machinery, light industry power tools with a diverse degree of complexity, my best advice is don't lose the operation manual. It doesn't matter if it is written in Chinglish, it could have important numbers or perhaps even calculations, equations writing diagrams or that are extremely important and using them may prevent a failure with potentially harmful consequences. I am confident that most readers are moderately educated and careful people. However, I have acquired some useful habits like dedicating a specific file just for user manuals and handbooks, something that I am sure many of you already have as a prepper. By reading seemingly small amounts of evident information, I learned that a simple venting fan from my bathroom could set itself on fire if a piece was wired incorrectly, for instance. So manuals are important for every kind of device, no matter how simple it may appear. Each manufacturer is forced by law to inform the weaknesses of their product, and this is important. You don't need an engineering degree. Most of the time, it is very simple to know if some equipment 
is going to be damaged or generate a potentially harmful situation. That said, once I had most of my equipment to be used after a potential event, I prepared some coffee and planted myself at the dining room table with all the manuals of the equipment that used electricity. So grab a notebook and get prepared ahead of time. In a notebook, I wrote all the standard and maximum loads for every machine. The manual usually shows this inside parentheses or similar signs. We all know that all of our equipment is not going to work at max load at the same time, of course, but this is going to be needed. Perhaps we are working with, say, our bench drill in the workshop with our fan on and the refrigerator kicks in while we are in the middle of the summer and the baby is peacefully sleeping in a room with AC and there is an overload that makes a mess out of our day. See my point? Okay, now that we have written all of the standard electricity consumption in a column in our notebook, we have to make sure that the measurements are all in the proper units. Perhaps this is extremely evident for some, but not so evident for many, and this article is intended for them. So here's the example. The AC in the main bedroom unit is 1,650 watts. The fridge, or fridge number one, 350 watts. Fridge number two, 300 watts. The TV, 120 watts, and that includes the old surround sound and DVD. Fans, 60 watts. Lights, unknown. So there's a total of 2,430 watts. Now, a watt is not the same thing as a kilowatt. This can be confusing, and I know it. So let's make sure that everything is listed in the same units and that we can sum the values without any mistake. Once we have made this simple addition, we have our total consumption. Of course, most of the time, our need for a battery rack is going to be large. Most of us have plenty of equipment, but we are not going to use it all at the same time. So the next step is decide what equipment is going to be used most of the time. Use a highlighter. This is going to be your standard load. Now, which devices should we include? AC, lights, fridge, fans, dehumidifiers, TV, and game consoles, laptops, and router, for example, are among my main devices. Now, I made a mistake and a costly one, and I will tell you exactly what this is before continuing. I got a 2,500 watt genset, believing that, or given that we are or were an oil producing country with abundance of byproducts that derivative of the industry, gasoline was going to be available or even bottled gas. Neither of these products are available, and I tell you this with all the responsibilities that could arise. The mafia thugs that kidnapped my country have decided on gasoline rationing. You can't buy gasoline unless you are quote-unquote registered in their freaking control database and systems. And it's almost impossible to buy a gas bottle at the regulated, stupidly low price because there is a huge mafia getting rich illegally behind the trafficking of the gas bottle production. So there are no private companies that bottle gas here any longer. The entire production chain was seized by the thugs. The main reason was running the genset to keep the air conditioners working, but it is not so big and it would allow just running one of them in our main bedroom just one day on a full tank. It is noisy as heck and the stock exhaust fumes are going to be a problem as it is a portable unit supposed to be installed far from the camp or RV or whatever and we don't have a proper place at home. 
Rigging a proper control panel to switch off the grid and use the genset is not that easy, nor cheap, even with my lovely dad doing the job. Believe it or not, he was going to charge me for the labor. Can you believe it? Trust me. Once the SHTF arrives, don't trust in anyone. LOL. Joking. My dad is awesome and I love him to death. Now, our AC system uses 220 volt and they need a separate connection to the street wiring rather than the 110 volt wiring that is used for home appliances. Yeah, I know. I understand that face of yours. The stupid thing works just in 110 volt or 220 volt, but not in both modes, and that is perfectly understandable. It is not an advanced model. It is quite simple. A possible solution was to install a 110 volt AC unit, but it would have to be a smaller unit, and the efficiency would be much less, meaning that lots of installation and work, and I mean expensive technical labor, should be necessary to be able to use the genset as a backup for grid power in a safe manner. So because of this, I won't recommend anyone get a genset unless they can produce their own fuel and perhaps some long-term treatment for their engines so they can improve their reliability and duration a lot. And I do or and I can go as technical over this as much as you like because I know the topic having worked with that previously. Now something that is perfectly possible, the fuel producing, and perhaps I will cover it in some article in the future but I would prefer to write about things that I have practical experience with instead. If I could make a purchase again, I would have bought a couple of batteries and a PV panel as big and powerful as I could afford with all the needed accessories. Now back in the day when I bought some appliances, I preferred to buy two small fridges instead of a large or larger heavy fancy fridge for our kitchen. One was installed in our pantry where it would be seldom used just in case we needed the space, and the other one in our kitchen, of course. This setup was enough under normal circumstances to keep staples, fruits, and vegetables fresh after our weekly shopping for the four of us. Usually people here use a jug of cold water from the fridge, but as I have been informed about very cold water being harmful for the stomach and blood pressure, we decided to keep a jug in our bedroom where it is cooler because the AC runs all day long. It saves space and for having a sip of water, we did not need to leave our bedroom and go to the kitchen. My wife was not exactly comfortable having a jug of water in our walk-in closet, but after some time she could appreciate the advantage of this. It is not as cold, but it is not at 33 or 34 degrees Celsius like our regular day is in Venezuela. Not being so cold means you can drink more without feeling falsely hydrated. Okay, so back on topic. One of the things I have to mention is that some high consumption devices, such as blenders, electric heaters, showers, among others, are going to place a huge increase in your power needs. Some of these appliances can be found in 12 volt and draw a lot less power indeed, but these investment choices are going to require a good amount of research. Investing wisely has saved us a lot of money in the long run for our family. So going back on topic, once your needs have been assessed with, a proper, with proper estimation, you may want to go 20% over for some comfort. And depending on what kind of batteries you choose, nickel, iron, lead, acid, or some other, the calculations are going to be different. There are plenty of websites that go much deeper on the technical stuff, but having covered some of the basics idea here should be enough for a pre previous visualization on what needs to be done. 
It is not difficult nor complicated if we take some time to understand how electricity and power works. Perhaps you're not going to get a degree in electrical engineering, but the understanding of the basics will help you solve 60 or 70% of common failures in a simple system. I am lucky enough because of some of the specialized training in failure assessment in my former position at work. Therefore, I have been able to detect, with the proper documentation at hand of course, problems with my now busted SUV and correct them in some more or less complex systems when there was money and spare parts were available. But I would like to write about how important mobility is and how screwed we would be without it. Thanks so much for your comments, for letting us know you are there for us and very especially for your much needed assistance, fellows. God bless you all. Okay, so uh, thanks Jose and thanks Daisy over at the Organic Prepper for that. A couple of things that I wanted to talk about, he was he was mentioning the gen set, right? And so a gen, basically a generator is what he's saying here and uh, talking about how he bought one that was just a little too small for his for his needs. He bought one at you know 2.5 kilowatt uh, you know generator there, and uh, he said it was loud and and whatever it didn't meet his needs and all those types of things. So uh, completely understand that, and I like the fact that he said you know hey now if I would do things differently with without having the fuel. I would probably go with solar panels and solar panels and batteries and a, you know, a battery bank and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So when you're thinking about power, you really need to, to think about all of these things, right? Um, and so when I think about these, I, I try to think about power or and not just power, but everything that I need. I try to think about it in short term, in like a medium range and then real long SHTF type stuff, right? And so that that's the that's just my thinking the way I think. So for power, for instance, the way that you know I think about it would be: Do I have something that you know uh, items that would allow me to go through a, a a night, right, or maybe two days worth of uh, not having power? And I've talked about that extensively, definitely with the lights and and stuff like that you know that we we have actually i wrote an article uh one of our substations did go down one day and it had a fire and it, it did go down and so what we were being told by uh you know by by the company the utility company was that it's going to be the next day before they come online and so you know we were able to we had enough flashlights we had enough stuff going on here that we were able to pack up and we were able to go to my parents' house and take, you know, the stuff that was, uh, actually, we didn't even take the stuff this time because it was just going to be like an overnight type thing. And uh, it did come on early in the morning. So we were we were good there. But then like, for instance, uh, during Harvey or during Hur- Hurricane Ike, we experienced, uh, actually, I think Hurricane Ike, we were without power for longer periods of time uh, than, than Harvey. And so, you know, do you have a, a means to take care so that your, your refrigerator doesn't go, you know, all the food that's in your refrigerator, which could be hundreds of dollars in your refrigerator, in your freezer and stuff like that. Could you keep those things cold, right? And so I have mentioned things like using an inverter connected to your vehicle. Your vehicle has a big gas tank. And so, you know, you can run run that inverter. It needs to be big enough to be able to with 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 uh, stand the surge from the refrigerator for the compressor kicking on. But then after that, you should be good. 
And so you're just keeping that on maybe a couple of hours at a time to keep things frozen and to keep things cold. And then, you know, there's it's possible uh, during Hurricane Ike, a lot of people had generators going on. And uh, that's another thing you got to be careful. There's a lot of things, you know, that we can talk about there. Uh, I know that here in our neighborhood, people were, um, there was a lot of reports of people just stealing generators. I know at my, in my parents' neighborhood, they live in a gated community. So the gates are normally always closed, but because there was no power, the gates were open. And so people were coming into that gated community and people had the generators out in the front yard because the backyards are like really small and people were stealing generators. And uh, sometimes they would just, you know, they would throw them on the back of a truck and then, and then get going. And so, you know, they had uh, just, it's kind of ironic. I know this is off topic, but they set up like a neighborhood watch and, you know, people had their guns and stuff out there and there's really only one way into the neighborhood. So they were very, very careful after a couple of those incidents. But out where I live, people were doing the same thing. You know, they were chaining up their generators and stuff like that or taking them to the back and making sure that they could do that. And or that they wouldn't get taken, right? So if you're going, you know, to a longer uh, a longer time there, and you can't afford a generator, you might want to use a generator because you you would be able to do so many more things, like connect an AC unit to it, right? Not your main central air conditioner, but you could cool off a room so people aren't completely miserable. So you can do that. I know I know my in-laws did that. You can do that. You can watch TV. You can do all the things that you normally would do, you know, and so you can feel a little bit more comfortable. Now, when you think about long, long term, you're still going to need something. You're still going to need lights. You're going to want to charge devices and things like that. Fuel eventually would run out. And so that's why I like, you know, solar panels and you can have batteries. You can have, you know, marine cell batteries, you know, somewhere and you can have them connected to a charger to kind of keep them topped off all the time. And then if you ever needed them, then you can always just connect the solar panels to them and you have that ready to go. But anyway, so there's there's a lot there. So what do you have that you can you can add to your preps? to be able to handle some of this power. Now, one of the things here in this article, he was talking about the the generator as he was doing that for a, like a long term, right? I mean, it, it looked like he was writing, or at least his idea was, the poop hadn't hit the fan so much in Venezuela yet. And he was still, you know, there was still everything that you could normally get. And he was assuming that they would still be able to get some gasoline and, th and things like that, which he's changed his mind about now with, with the solar panels and stuff. What I would say is I would still continue to do, uh, if you can afford it, I would still have a generator if you can, if you can afford that because it's going to provide you a lot more power than solar panels would if you are in that situation where you're more of an extended uh, you know, extended without power, right? Like Hurricane Ike, Hurricane Harvey, you can have a little window unit and, and cool off everything, you know? And so you still have that available. It sucks that in Venezuela, things are like that, you know? But uh, I, I still think that it's very valuable to have a generator. You could have, you know, a dual fuel generator, like he was talking about, um, one with gasoline, one with 
possibly with propane. He was talking about, you know, bottles of, of, of gasoline or bottles of fuel there. And so I'm assuming he's talking about propane. It could be, you know, some other fuel that they have over there uh, that I'm not familiar with. But, you know, they have those different, you know, different generators uh, around, you know, that you can do those, uh, use different types of fuel to to get it going. So anyway, I, I just think that in, in nowadays, things are so cheap they're relatively cheap right i guess that you can have both um you can definitely have a generator like during harvey and ike and especially during ike a lot of people purchased uh generators and then you know weeks after hurricane ike or after uh you know a couple of months afterwards you could find them for really really cheap on you know on uh craigslist and things like that so if it's, you know, if it's not the season, hurricane season or whatever season that wherever you're at, wherever you, for whatever reason you would need a generator, now's the time that, you know, or that time off season would be the time to buy one and to have one make sure that it works, make sure that it's serviced and all that good stuff. Because they're very valuable when you do have one. It does make life a little bit easier and a little bit more to take. And then not only that, you could help out. I know that I've mentioned this before on the podcast where you can help out other people, other neighbors, right? Where that they might not have a generator, but you'd be able to provide them with a little bit, maybe a long extension cord, you know, they could connect to yours and so that they could have a little bit of whatever they could cool off their their freezers and their refrigerators and and how grateful would they be to you for being able to do that and uh, i've shared before in the past that it could be even a thing where they might not have a generator but but they might have gas and they might be willing to give you gas in exchange for being able to plug into your generator so i think that's helpful right so I think you should have an inverter. If you're you're starting out and you can't afford a generator, definitely an inverter. Try to find a generator that's cheap and make sure that it will meet your needs. Like he said, the 2500 or the 2.5 kilowatt generator wasn't enough for his whole family. Now, he was trying to run a lot. He was trying to run his whole house on the generator. And normally, you wouldn't be doing that. Um, and, and I was trying to allude to that earlier. You wouldn't be doing that in a, in a scenario like that. You wouldn't be running your whole house. Now, they are, they're, some of them are really big. You can get a six-watt generator that that could run your whole house except for like your central air and heat. And so you could do that. I know you, people plug into, they have a special plug made and to plug into their uh, their whole house and they're able to do that. So you can do that if you want if you wanted to do that. You're going to be wasting a lot of gas and, and all that kind of stuff, but it would make you a little bit more comfortable having all the conveniences as opposed to just connecting a few items. And so then you have you could have the solar panels with a battery bank for like really long term. And then maybe you might want to look at if you're looking at like the inverter, uh, the inverter route, and then you know, hey, I I can't really afford a generator, and I'm not ready to buy solar panels and and batteries and all that kind of stuff. They have come come so far with just regular like mobile battery bank chargers, you know, mobile phone chargers. There's some that have you know like ten thousand, twenty thousand milliamp hours, and they have LED. Uh, lights that you can plug in through USB connections and those last a long long time and so you can be able to do that 
possibly, right? At night, you can have that and then charge it up during the day if you have a generator or inverter or whatever. And so, you know, there's just so many different options out there. But you need to look at, you know, take a little bit of time maybe this week and look at what you have as far as options. You might look at your flashlights. You might look at candles. You might look at, you know, ways to to produce light. But then what do you have to produce power if you needed power? You know, if you have an elderly parent living at home or maybe really young kids, you might need, and you live in a, in a warmer climate, like down here in Houston, you might need to have some type of solution to be able to cool off a room so people can, you know, so people don't get um, hurt. You know, people have died on the side of the road, you know, during uh, evacuations, you know, from Hurricane Ike and Rita and, and stuff like that back in the day because their vehicles ran out of gas and you know, people passed away on the side of the road. And so, you know, the elderly, the disabled and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, do you have some options available to you to be able to not just produce light, but produce power? And what do you have? I mean, of course, you got to look at your financial situation. You got to look at all of that. But if you can, you know, what would you do? And so start thinking about that at the, at the very least to save the stuff that you have in your refrigerator. I think getting an inverter and like even I think the inverter that I'm using right now and I have a couple of different ones. The inverter that I used during Hurricane Harvey was the one from Harbor Freight. And that sucker worked. I mean, it worked and didn't give me any problems whatsoever. I've used that inverter a couple of different times. And so it's not one of the big name brand popular ones, but it is one that will work. So, you know, find a solution out there that can help you to provide a little bit of power. Well, everyone, that is it for this article. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes and you can go check it out. Again, that was technical advice. How much power do you need? Well, that is it for episode 511. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.